Hello, my name is Edgar King and I am the lead pastor of Trinity Vineyard Church in Akuru. I am so grateful that you are um, tuning into our podcast today. Head over to our Facebook page and see some of the information that you may need if you're in Akuru and you'd like to join us. Nonetheless, we will still be on live for those who are unable to join us in person. Thank you very much. I hope this uh, installation of talks today will be a blessing to you. I'm Edgar King. I'm the lead pastor, and thank you for joining us. And um, yeah, um, so last week we started talking about prayer. Uh, Jesus closes friends and disciples after seeing how he lived his life, after seeing how he prayed, he, they realized that he enjoyed prayer. It wasn't a drag for him. Um, and he did it so often, so much so that those, there are a few of his disciples who wrote some sort of bi- uh, biography of his life. They kept noting how often Jesus went to pray. It must have been something so important for him, and he enjoyed it. And so uh, it became apparent to them that his whole life, his whole ministry, everything he was doing was powered from a place of prayer. And so they asked him the all-important question. If you're trying to learn from someone and you realize that something is so important to him and so important uh, for the things he's doing, you ask him about that thing. So they asked him, teach us how to pray. And... You know, I, I mentioned that these, this, these were people for, uh, from a community for whom prayer was central. So for them to ask Jesus to teach them how to pray meant that they had realized they need to learn a few things. And I think we need to learn a few things. And as followers of Jesus, prayer has, is, is one of the central practices that we have to uh, get in the rhythm of. Um, uh, we, we talked last season, we were just talking about following Jesus, which, which comprised of being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And I said that, that we have to get ourselves into the habit of certain practices. And prayer is one of them. And I want to overemphasize that the point of prayer isn't prayer. The point of prayer is to be with Jesus. The point of prayer isn't to go, well, I prayed today. The point of prayer is to spend time with the Father. So if as followers of Jesus, we need to be with Jesus, prayer is one of the ways we do that. Prayer is a means to an end, and the end being to be with Jesus. Prayer is how we experience life in the kingdom of God. Prayer is how we live our lives with God. And so, we'll be learning about prayer. We'll just be asking that question, teach us how to pray. And one of the encouragements I've been giving you is try out these practices during the week. Also importantly, try them out with a community. The journey of faith is not a solo sport. Try it out with your family. Just gather them and go, hey, could we try this out? Because you will need encouragement along the way. It gets exhausting. We're not so good at it yet. So you will need encouragement along the way. Sometimes you won't want to do it, and so you will need your community to pray over you. So don't do this alone. 
So a few of the things we talked about last week is just how Jesus, as he taught prayer, was keen to, uh, to reset the framework of prayer for his disciples. That, that what, what has become known as the Lord's Prayer starts with, with, a, with a shift of worldview about prayer. Because Jesus found it so important that, that, that how, how we pray can determine whether we enjoy prayer or it's a drag. And so the, the, the key things that I talked about last week, if you aren't here, is that Jesus wanted us to see God as our Father. Jesus related to God as Father, and He wants you to relate to God as Father. Someone who loves you, is in a relationship with you, wants the best for you, is compassionate towards you, and wants to be in a relationship with you. Did I say that already? Well, that's how Jesus wants you to approach God in prayer. Because the image you have of God will determine whether you enjoy prayer or it's so heavy, it's exhausting, it's religious. Come to God as a father. As a child enjoys the father's company. As a child enjoys being with a parent, that is what God is inviting us, uh, Jesus is inviting us to. The next thing he, uh, he wants us to, to realize is that God is very close. Our Father who is in the heavens. As close as your next breath. That's how close the Father is. There is nowhere you can go to escape the Spirit of God, the presence of God, the power of God. He wants to be that close. And I said that one thing God doesn't know how to do is to be absent. Even when we feel God's distance, and that's legitimate. Even Jesus at the cross felt a bit distant from God. And so it's, it's okay to be, to be aware of those moments and to legitimately, honestly pray uh, in, in those times. But the cognitive framework we should have, the worldview we should have is that the Father is as close as your next breath. Jesus invites us to treat prayer as, as joyful worship. It's not just about giving God another shopping list. It's not about giving God a few more complaints. There is room for that. He is our Father after all. But let us start from a place of seeing prayer as an act of joyful worship. Just being with the Father. Let us see it as an act of setting God apart. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. You are set apart in my life as the only source of life, as the only source of joy. Even before I ask for anything, you are my source. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's inviting us to a place of surrender. That I have my will. There are things that I want done on earth as it is in my head. But Lord, I will surrender to you instead. And also inviting us to realize that things happen when we pray. Inviting us to a place of confidence that our prayers move things. That every time we pray, we're joining the Holy Spirit and, and reshaping a reality towards the will of God. So don't quit praying. Things happen when we pray. 
And that's important in a culture of defeatism, in a culture of fatalism. It's so easy to start doing prayer just uh, as a routine and not realize that it matters and it becomes heavy, it becomes impossible. Jesus is inviting you to realize that things happen when you pray. His kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven as we pray. And today, so that is Jesus saying, hey, this is how you should pray. Today, we'll go back a few steps before he, made, he taught that prayer, because right before he taught that prayer, he teaches, hey, this is how you should not pray. So it's important. Uh, I thought it was important to start with how you should pray. Today, we'll go to, this is how you should not pray. So let's pray. That's kind of cool. Uh, our King, our Father. You are here. Teach us how to pray. Yeah, most importantly, Lord, I just, I just pray that in this room, your spirit will start stirring inside, inside us faith and, and just awareness that, that things happen when we pray. Let's pray that, that the walls of doubt begin to break. That those holes of disappointment created by fatalism begin to fill up with faith. Amen. So Matthew 6, uh, 9 to 13. It's on the screen. Um, why don't we read it together? And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners... To be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be hard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Then, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. So, just some of the things that Jesus says, hey, when you pray, do it different. This is how not to pray. One of the things he says, don't, don't do it to show off. You know? Uh, uh, so many of us grew up in cultures where it was important to have a tag prayer warrior. Right? It's as if this part of, the, of Scripture, everyone kept... kept uh, you know, not seeing. Don't do prayer to show off. It shouldn't be about people seeing you and thinking you have prayer muscle, you have faith. No, just don't do that. Listen, if we do any part of our worship, if we do any part of our prayer for people's attention, that is our reward. You've done, you're done. Everyone went home thinking, wow, 
What a prayer warrior. Boom. That's it for you. Jesus instead calls us to a very different mindset. And listen, it's not that, it's not that public prayers are wrong because Jesus made some prayers publicly, right? And we gather in community. I don't know how uh, yeah, uh, prayer was like for him when he went to synagogue, but it's not that that is wrong. It is be careful what's happening in your heart. If it is about people's attention, if it is about people's praise, done. You have your, your reward. Instead, so, so many times we see uh, in, in the biographies of Jesus uh, 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 mention of him going to prayer. It's always in private. He withdraws to be alone. There are times he was praying with his disciples. So there's room for, for communal prayer. And a lot of times he was withdrawing to be in secret. Jesus isn't teaching something he does not do. Actually, I think it is very important that we learn to be with God in the private room. We learn to be with God behind closed doors where there are no accolades, there are no praises. And and it's about all forms of prayer, even singing prayer, which sometimes we call worship by song. Even that, learn to do that in the private room before you ever get to do it in front of people. That's where it matters. Otherwise, and, and I often tell this to our teams, being on stage is such a powerful drug. Because people sit and listen to you. And then all of a sudden you start thinking that your life is so good, that, that you know that you are so close to God and you've got everything figured out. It's, it's just so easy. The same dangers of, of you know, pop stars, uh, you know, being in, in, no one was meant to be in front of uh, a stage of 96,000 people. And you can see what it does to people. And so it's so easy to, to think that, that, that when we do prayers in public, you know, well, it's so easy to be unaware of the, of the motions of our hearts. The hearts of people are so deceptive. Like even those of us who think they have the greatest intentions would be very surprised that, nah, it's always mixed with something else. It's always mixed with our brokenness. And so Jesus is inviting you, any form of prayer, any form of worship, be it acts of kindness, be it song, be it, be it prayer in words, learn to do it in the secret. Let your public life of being with, with the Father be fueled with a private life of intimacy with the Father. Especially if any of you who leads any kind of, 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 of um, uh, worship, whether it's, you know, whether you teach somewhere, whether, and whether it's in, in your place of work, whether you, you know, if, if any of you is, is, is in public uh, to any degree, let your public worship, be careful, let your public worship be fueled with a life of private, intimate worship. 
Find a quiet place with no distraction, with no pull to be noticed. Make a habit of praying like that. Make a habit of praying in the secret. Then he says, do not babble like the pagans. I think this is an invitation to pray simply, to learn to just be honest and raw with our Father. Again, this is, it's surprising that the Jews of that time needed to unlearn the same things we need to unlearn. It's easy to go, wow, those Pharisees, we, we run the same danger. Because so many people think prayer is about so many words. So many people think prayer is about special kind of words. When Jesus is saying, no, be simple. Be just honest and raw with your Father. What is in the heart? You don't need many words. You don't need special words. Sometimes you don't need words at all. Sometimes you don't need words at all. We need to learn to pray simply and sometimes without words. Because remember, the point of prayer is to be with the Father. It, 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 it drives me nuts that, that for so many people, every time of prayer means they have, to, they have to have a voice change. You know, they speak like this, and then when they start praying, it's like, what is happening? And then the volume goes, you know, like two decibels up, like, woo! And Jesus is going, no, don't do that. <laughs> You know, don't do that. Listen, it's not that, <laughs> it's not that many words is wrong. It's not that, you know, sometimes you just have a lot. And <laughs> just come to the Father like a child would come to a parent. How many of you have seen a, a child who goes to the father and says, Dear Father, I've come before you as your only child, dear Father, and I'm asking about the school, dear Father, and I asked, dear Father, that you drive me there, dear Father. I really don't like school, Father, but because it would embarrass you that I don't go, dear Father, I will. I was like, no one does that. Oh, I, <laughs> I have a bit of a Kenyan one. <laughs> you know, uh, it was a prayer room, and uh, there was this guy who kept going, I was like, what the heck is he saying? Turns out he was trying to say king of glory. I was like, whoa. Like, because we are filled with this idea that it's about a, how many words and special kind of words. And just say, nah, don't do that, bro. If Jesus said, bro, it'd go, come on, bro. Or, I don't know. Just come to the Father in simplicity. What is in your heart? Now, I'm not saying that there isn't room for special words. Again, it's about a father. It's about a parental relationship. Don't we sometimes write beautiful poetry for our parents? And so it could have repetition. It could have certain nice words. I don't know what you call your father if you have a great relationship with them. I don't know what you'd want to call your father if you had a great relationship with him. So there's room for that. The danger is when we think that the, the amount of prayer and the kind of words we use are a way to manipulate God into doing our bidding. He says, no, just come. What's in your heart? What's in your heart? See, almost all the recorded prayers 
in, in Scripture are very simple. There's a lot of po uh, uh, poetic prayers in the Psalms and all that, yet everything outside of that, almost all of it is just very, very simple. I want to give you an example. Again, Jesus, he wasn't necessarily teaching about prayer, but he does quote a prayer in Luke. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, uh, let's, let's just pretend he had the voice, yeah? God, <laughs> I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like that guy standing there, the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. All the practices we talked about in the last season, he's saying, I do all of those. I'm a good one. But a tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And, 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 and he went, goes on to say that, that the, the tax collector, whom everyone hated, <laughs> went home more justified. So think about everyone we think isn't in God's will. They're crazy. They're doing crazy stuff out there. Sometimes, when they come, not sometimes, those who come to the Father, just in simplicity, go home more justified. It wasn't about showing off for this guy. It was just, it wasn't lengthy. It didn't have any special words. It's just what is in his heart. He knows why people hate him. He knows how he's coming to his father. So he says, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. It stops there. You know? And, and the other thing I pick up from this prayer is that the, the humility of this guy. Like, he comes to the father with so much humility. Last week we talked about coming to the father with so much confidence. Both and. Come to the Father full of confidence that your prayers make a difference and come to the Father full of humility. Humility, coming to the Father with humility means we don't pretend that we deserve things from God. That's what the other guy is doing. And I think some, some of us have gotten so disappointed with God, you know, he, because we feel like He owes us. God, you owe me. I fast. I give to the poor. I show up to church early. I've never missed a Sunday. I read the Bible. Why is it me that didn't get the job? Why is it my relationship that fell apart? Where was God? And we feel that God owes us. And Jesus is saying, no, that's, that's not the deal. Come to the Father with so much humility. Come to the Father full of confidence and full of, of humility. <laughs> I'll be very honest. I, I remember when I realized that I, I thought God owed me so much. It's like, whoa. Like, look. Look at all I've done. And Jesus was going, no, no. <laughs> No, no, that's not how we do it, Edgar. Like, what? Teach me how to pray. And then the other thing I love about this prayer that Jesus quotes here is that it's just simple. Have mercy on me because I'm a sinner. Boom, nothing else. 
I think one of the things Jesus is teaching is that it is, it is more important that you pray. Not how, not how many words, not, no, it's, it's not about the length, it's not about uh, the fanciness of the words. In fact, he's, he discourages that, but what he's saying, it is more important that you pray. Even if you feel that you don't know how to pray, it is more important that you spend time with the Father in prayer. It's, 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 it's exactly why when, when he was asked to teach about prayer, Jesus didn't say, if you pray, as if it was an option for the disciples. It was, when you pray. He expects that as followers of Jesus, we will make a habit of praying. When you pray, it is more important that you have a rhythm of prayer than all the other things that we make prayer about. Whether it's just a phrase, whether it's just a sentence, and sometimes it's just a breath. Because sometimes we have no idea what to pray. The good news is, Jesus is praying for you. The bad news is, you're going to need it. Ah, I've waited for where to finally use that phrase in a way that makes sense. Yes. The good news is, Jesus is praying for you. The bad news is, you're going to need it. And so sometimes we have no idea what to pray. It is still important that you pray. Why? Because prayer is a way of being with the Father. The point of prayer is to be with Him. It's not to get God to do what we want. It's not to tick some box that we prayed finally. It's that we be with the Father. Well, and, and, and so, one of the ways we can do that, my hope is that every week we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a different technique of prayer. And one of the ways we can do that is, is, is through something called contemplative prayer. You know, Jesus, uh, uh, towards the end of his life, taught his disciples that he is the vine, we are the branches, and the Father is the vine dresser. And he said, remain in me. It was so important. <laughs> that we make our home in Jesus. Just remain in me. How do we remain in Jesus? If we will see fruitfulness in our lives, one of the things we have to learn how to do is remain in Him. And I want us to be aware. You know, I told you, I told you all this um, imagery of a fish, a small fish meeting a big fish, and then the big fish asks, hey, how's the water today? And the small fish goes, what's water? It's so easy to be unaware of what we're living in because it's just every day. We need to be aware that we're living in a very distracted culture. Our phones, our lives, everything is in a hurry. It is possible to think that we're following Jesus when we don't spend any time with Him. 
Jesus was, maybe he looked forward into this time and said, remember to remain in me. And, you know, um, we need to learn because our culture doesn't give us that opportunity. We need to learn the art of abiding, the art of just staying and learning the, the need to say so many things and learning the need to have special words and learning hurry, which is what we're, we're just immersed in. We need to learn to just be with the Father. Contemplative prayer is, about, is, is almost like how a child is sometimes soothed by just laying its head on the parent's chest. No words spoken. The child knows it is safe. Here's the, here's the father's heartbeat. And sometimes the father is humming. And the child knows it is safe. This is the invitation. And guess what? You know, the writers of the biographies of Jesus often told, you know, they, they would write that Jesus spent the whole night in prayer. It couldn't be that he was just speaking all night. He simply enjoyed the Father's presence. We need to learn how to just be with the Father. And, and so, and in Scripture we hear um, a lot of um, the, wor the other word uh, I'm trying to get. What is it, Bill? I'm talking about contemplation. Come on. Okay. Somebody help me. Um, contemplation. Yeah, come on. Okay, well, it's gone. Just uh, someone's doing this. Um, oh, my word. Anyway, that's gone. So <laughs> we just need to learn to focus on God. Just focus on the things of God. Focus. Scripture, yes, yeah, Scripture encourages us to meditate. This is another way you can think about it. Just meditate on God. And unlike other forms of meditation, it's not an emptying of yourself. It's a quieting down and just focusing on the goodness of God. It's focusing on the Word of God. We need, especially in the culture we're in, we need to learn to sit down and meditate without saying things, without the list. Just meditate, meditate. I want to call back the band as, as we finish. So, what I'm going to do now is, is give you one meditative prayer that, you, that I encourage you to try and practice this week. I try once a day. So each day in this coming week, set aside 15 or 10 minutes, probably before you go to bed or probably in the middle of the day. Set aside 50, 10 to 15 minutes. And, and it is important that, that it becomes a practice, right? Because remember Jesus' invitation. Those who hear my word and put it into practice. That's what makes a difference. As you sit there, be still. Listen, there's, there's so much going on in our minds, so much going on in our hearts. 
We need to learn to still our souls. Yet you're, you, we are one whole being. You cannot be still. Your soul cannot be still if your body is not still. So quiet all, all our stimuli. Switch off the phone. Switch off the telly. Sit there. Be still. Then replay your day. Just try to go through your day. What things happened? What emotions did you have? What thoughts did you have? Then reflect, what was the strongest emotion from that day? What was the strongest thought from that day? Oh, sorry, before, sorry, go back before that. Um, after you, you reflect on your day, come before the Father with gratitude. Always start there. What things are worth think, uh, uh, um, uh, giving God thanks for? There's always something. Or rather, we need to chain our hearts to see the good things God has done. And sometimes it's big things like, like, like you know, you've got a job. Sometimes it's small things like someone smiled at you or you got a coffee. Just train your heart to be full of gratitude and rejoice in that. Then go to the third step, reflect. What was the strongest emotion or thought from your day that you need to present before the Father? Sometimes we have no idea why we felt that way. Sometimes a thought won't leave us, and we need to share that with Jesus. We're just being with Him and saying, Lord, today I felt terrible. Lord, when this happened, I felt rejected. Share that with Jesus. And you could ask, if he has ever felt anything like that, the Spirit might lead you to a scripture. But just spend some time waiting on, on the Lord to reply. It's also time to go, where did I sin? Where did I not present you well? And share that with Jesus. And then resolve. Just finish your time thanking God for being present with you. And asking him to be with you in the season that is coming, whether it's the next day or the next half of the day. Why don't we stand?
If you need prayer, I'll be standing at the back and I would love to join you in prayer for anything. Things happen when we pray. Whether it's healing, physical, emotional, mental, whether it's thanksgiving, we'd love to pray with you. I do encourage you to, to just be with the Father. As the band keeps singing, you are welcome to stay a little longer and just be in your Father's presence. And you're also welcome to, to leave. But this week, try that little contemplative prayer. So Father, just make us aware each day of where you are alongside us. I think the Lord is inviting some of us who, who, who've had just a terrible, terrible week to sit down because he will show you where he was sitting through that whole week with you. Lord, make us aware of every time you're with us. I bless you to go into this city, to your friends, to your family, to loved ones, to, to strangers, to people who serve you, to people whom you serve. And just radiate the love of the Father. Radiate the presence of God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just pray over you endurance to, to begin to enjoy a time of prayer. I pray that this week you will hear the Holy Spirit calling you, hey, could we spend some time with the Father? And you will obey and enjoy it and enjoy it. Enjoy even the times you fall asleep as you pray. Be with your Father. Bless you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.